Cutie. puts the ass in Cassian. Welcome back to another episode of Reading Between the Lines. I'm Kat. I'm Steph. And here is the much-anticipated final episode of our Akatar series, Silver Flame. Dun, dun, dun. This is um, my favorite of the series, hands down. Yes. <laughs> We're drinking wine. I'm drinking, um, I'm drinking Dark Horse Sauvignon Blanc. I am finishing off. It was very small glass, so I'm going to have to refill. But it's the Chateau Michel Chardonnay. Ooh. But then I have the Josh Chardonnay next. So mine actually has a splash of ginger ale in it because I just picked it up from the gas station and it wasn't cold. And I was like, I don't have time to chill this. So I was like, this <laughs> ginger ale is cold. I'll pour a little bit in there and I'll chill it. And it doesn't taste too bad. Well, we have made it through the Akatar series. We have gone on a roller coaster of emotions. We felt anger. We felt happiness. We felt sorrow. We felt lust after Cassian. I felt a lot of things throughout this this book. Yeah, see, we 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 approach this in opposite ways. I finished Silver Flame, I think, within if I look at it, my Goodreads. I think I finished it in like twenty two hours or so. And you, on the other hand, took about a week because you were just milking it. Like I couldn't put it down. And you were like, I got to put it down because I don't want it to be over. Exactly. Like, that's the part of me, though. Like, is that childhood trauma? I think so. <laughs> like, I, I don't. Think it, I don't it also says to our personalities, I think. I'm, I have a very obsessive personality. Like, whenever I like something, I, like, really like it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you approach it a little bit more different and more cautious. Like. Yeah. I'm a lot more I'm, cautious, I guess. I dive right into the deep end and you, yeah. you take your time getting into the shallow end. Yes, for sure. But then once I'm like in there, then I'm like, okay, let's stay here for a while. Like, yeah, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. You're just jumping right into the <laughs> deep end. I'm like, I need to warm up. I need to do my strokes first. And boy, do you have to warm up for this book because it is filled with smut to the T. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so much. It, it puts Mist and Fury, makes Mist, it makes Mist and Fury seem PG. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't read this far yet in the series um, and you're not a fan of smut, I would definitely recommend just not reading this book. Just pretending it doesn't it. exist because, I mean, 99% of this book is sex. or leading, And then the other 1% is just at, leading up to the sex. Yeah. Just, <laughs> my, I have no, I'm at a loss of words. My screen has shotted this from Instagram a while back and it breaks down like the spicy scenes of each book because there's the type of people that try to like not read the spicy scenes and then there's the people like us who are like who are just Where like let's are the skip spicy ahead. scenes yeah. let's go ahead let's just skip to that part so counting in silver flame there's one two three four five six seven eight spicy scenes and to put that in perspective Mist and Fury only has four. Yeah, so it's double. So, like, Mist and Fury is second runner-up, and it has four. Yeah. Sarah J. Mass, when she was writing this, she had to be holy water sprayed upon her. She was she was feeling herself when she wrote this book. Like, I would be blushing just thinking about, like, I wrote these words on paper. And they are oh, printed. I know. They are printed. For the whole world to see my dirty thoughts. Like, exactly. Like, dirty thoughts live in your mind, but they live in your, your mind. Not... Yeah, well, like, 
for me like I look at my like silly little book talk TikToks um that are like all like about the smut books and I like them and I giggle and I hit like and then I scroll into the next one I don't sit there and write out my every smutty thought like she does no but honestly I would write about my smutty Cassian thoughts oh my god I'm gonna start a Cassian fan fiction like oh he's just hot like oh he is Ugh. I know and I've been trying to convince my coworker. I convinced her to read fourth wing and she ended up loving it but I'm trying to get her into actar she's like I don't know if I can do like winged people and I was like girl you're gonna change your mind I I, I don't want mind. you you don't have wings I don't want you now I don't want you I don't so I just started the crescent as soon as we finished um when I finished silver flame I read like a side book or two just to pass some time while Stephanie was finishing up Silver Flame and we have been battling like what series to read next and Throne of Glass we both bought Throne of Glass but we doesn't have enough smut for us so we've just been kind of delaying it and delaying it but then um I was like okay maybe I'll give Crescent City a shot and I am like halfway through the first book right now and I am in love but they have the the, the hot boys that have, have wings in Crescent City too so I'm like I think I have a wing fetish yes um, that is new but i have a wing fetish um where can we find a pair of wings yeah i mean it, it's not halloween because ugh. oh like why is it after halloween you always find the best costumes i know well i was scrolling on um there's an app called depop which is like kind of like a resale vintage site yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and someone was selling the jennifer's body costume you know like this tight like 2000s jeans and like mm-hmm. the um, pink hoodie with the red hearts on it and i was like I want that because I want to go as I love the movie Jennifer's Body. I was like, I want to be Megan Fox right now. And I was like, I feel weird wearing this if it's not Halloween. Um, but I might just still go buy it because it's still on there. So yes. our first question is, how does Sarah J. Mass's writing style in A Court of Flames compare to the other books in the series? So the other books, with the exception of Frost and Starlight, are mm-hmm. all first person, um, told in the point of view as Farah. Silver Flame is third person and the chapter swap between Nesta and Cassian. So that is mm-hmm. such a difference because our first three books were all just in the point yes. of view of Feyre. And I will say, I am a first person tried and true. You're going to struggle with Crescent City. Crescent City is third person. And that it, it, I struggled at the beginning of Crescent City, like, but I finally like feel like I know the characters. Do you know like the TikToks where it's like the person and then they like, they start peeking they're like oh like that's me when yeah. i think about third person <laughs> like oh um i but i will say silver flame is okay being third person because you know all the characters yes you you have been there so she doesn't they're so not new characters it's not as so i really hated it during frost and starlight because it was very inconsistent there was some parts of frost and starlight where it was first person and then it would go third person. And I'm like, we cannot do that. It was very inconsistent. I know Sarah J. Mass had a lot going on during that time. But as an not a um, author or anything, a book editor, <laughs> I should probably not say anything about it. <laughs> but Silver Flame was very well done in the sense of the writing style. And it was very easy to read. And her descriptions. Ooh. Oh, my God. Yes. So, I mean, being in third person, we we know Nesta and Cassian by this point. And so it's, like, not hard to get in their heads. Um, 
And so would I preferred had it been first person? Sure. I definitely prefer first person writing, Mm -hmm. reading style, but it didn't bother me. And I think having Frost and Starlight as that transition, even though we made fun of Frost and Starlight for being glorified Mm -hmm. fan fiction, it definitely kind of helped bridge that gap between Wings and Ruins where we're in first person favorite mode towards Mm-hmm. Silver Flame, where we're in third person, Nesta and Cassian. Feyre is like in like three chapters total. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's not in much. Um, but overall, I think Sarah J. Mash, she knew what she was doing with the writing style. But of course, like I am always somebody who likes first person more. So I, I, I probably would have wished that she would have made it either for maybe like Nesta or Cassian's or both of their perspectives, like straight from it. But yeah, I mean, I like, it worked. I like. I, I think I'd like Nesta's point of view. Yes. Mm-hmm. But then there would be so much that we wouldn't know, you know, from Cassian. I mean, I want to hear what Cassian's thoughts are too. Oh, I want to hear all those <laughs> thoughts. <sighs> like that's why I think I like first person so much is because you hear the thoughts when you're in you third person. Thoughts. You don't hear the thoughts. You only hear the words. And I just feel like it's easier when it's in first person to lose yourself in the book. Yes. And when I read, I want to lose myself. I want to be oblivious to the world around me. Like my house could be on fire and I'd be sitting there like, you know, that little meme where it's the dog sitting there at the uh-huh. table and he's like, it's fine. It's like fine. That's, that's me when I'm reading. Like I want to just be like in my own world. Exactly. No, for sure. And with third person, because you want to be that person. I don't want to be sitting at like a table, like in watching them. I want to be them. Exactly. I want to be, be Nesta. I want to be Feyre. I want to be Cassian. Oh, I know girl, I'm not. I want to be Nesta. You have no idea. <laughs> I want to be them all. I don't think Sarah J. Mass can write a bad book. No. Eventually, we'll get to talk, everybody. Eventually. Yeah, we will. Bye-bye. Crescent City is first, though. Stephanie's starting Crescent City next. Yes. You know, whenever girls are, or people in general are just like, I was born in the wrong age. I should have been born in the 1800s or the 1990s or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, I was born in the right time because, like, this is peak living for me. Like, being able to read my little Kindle without having to, without getting out of bed, without moving my arms. Like, Mm -hmm. this is peak life. Like, can you imagine describing that to like Shakespeare? I was, I was born to live in this generation because, like, yeah, this is this is who I am. Here they were reading by candle. Yes, I had someone message me on Facebook. Was it yesterday or the day before? And they were like. I know you're a big reader. Should I get a Kindle? Is it worth it? And I was like, yes. <laughs> but make sure you get Kindle Unlimited. Yeah. I don't Spend think the extra Kindle. change and get I think Kindle it's like, Unlimited. what, 10 bucks a month? Which is it's like one bad. coffee. Like, skip one coffee and you get to pay for it. That's such a girl cut. Like, that's girl, like, it's girl logic math. right there. And speaking of the girlies, we have new characters in this book. How do the new characters in A Court of Silver Flames add to the story? So Nesta is really not doing well mentally. No, at the at beginning this... of this book, the reason that the whole, this book starts because Feyre forces Nesta to basically go to rehab up in this, um, in the, the house. Wind. Yeah. Um, she's like, either we cut you off and send you back to the human land. And she doesn't want to go back to the human land because there's nothing left there. Like nothing there left for her. And she's fine. You go and live up there and train with Cassian. Um, and she wouldn't have to ask me library. twice, but <laughs> um, and she has to work in the library. So yeah, she like, trains and then she has to work in the library. Dude, like that's that's my she's living my dream. She gets surrounded yeah. by books all day, and then at well, at night she's surrounded by books, and then all day she gets to train with the hot abs. 
Batman. Mm-hmm. But that's not what Nesta wanted. She was just in her depressive, I just want to sleep with men, not feel a thing, and I don't care mode. And it's all she she didn't she didn't see, and the worst part is you can't even say like, oh, Nesta only cared about herself. And that's the thing, is because Nesta didn't care about herself. Yeah, exactly. You know, like a lot of times when people do things like that, you're like, oh, they only care about themselves. They don't but care she, about themselves. They don't. That's why they, she they, didn't. That's why they do it, is because she didn't so Um, so nesta in the library meets a girl named gwen um and they become fast friends and nesta convinces gwen to train with her mm -hmm. um shortly after that they meet another girl named emory whom they also convince to train with them Mm -hmm. so we got our little emory is illyrian so we got our little girl group going on here. Nesta, Gwen, and Emery. Um, and they train together every day with Cassian. Mm-hmm. And a- I think Azriel comes in eventually and helps train. Yes. Yeah. So this is a side question to this one. I mean, how do the characters add to the story? They just basically add to Nesta. They give her... Well, Nesta's never had a- any friends in our series no. so far. She's She's been a loner. She's been off by herself. They, like... They add to her character development. They show that, yeah, she actually can have friends. Like, Well, and it shows that she can be a, a friend. Like, a friend. Like, you know what I mean? We haven't... Like, Nesta has been She's never had for... a friend. She's had her sisters. She... No. And she's had Cassian. And Cassian, I mean, she might call Cassian just a friend, but he's not just a friend. No. And, like, the only other person she was able to call a friend would be Amarin. Amarin. But... And they had a falling out. They have a fallout. So they're not even friends at that point. So she's just kind of like, I don't like Feyre, I don't like Amran, I don't like anybody. I'm just here for Cassian for the sex. But deep down, yeah. you know, that's not true. Even though they say that. Yeah. <laughs> Too many times to count. But I think that it was nice. Well, everything that happened with Gwen and Emery was Nesta's doing. Nobody told Nesta that she had to be friends with him. It was all like, I want to do this for them. She made her I want to help own. them. Like, well, it was a choice that she finally, because after the cauldron and before the cauldron, there were so many choices that Nesta didn't get to make. And this was one choice that she finally got to make. Yeah, she's she hasn't had many choices in life. So Gwen is um actually a priestess and their whole community is like basically hiding or have been kind of, would you call it in hiding? Yes, that's how um, I Yeah. Um, they were Highburn and his generals and troops um attacked her people and she was brutally raped. Azriel, I think, is the one that ended up saving them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he brought them to the library under the House of Wynn, where they've just kind of been hiding ever since. Um, and so Gwen does not leave the library ever. No. Um, she's defenseless and she talks the one of the first few times she meets Nesta, she talks about feeling defenseless and half human and weaker than everyone else. Um, so when Nesta gets the bright idea, like, hey, Cassian, can I invite this chick to come train with us? So she feels empowered. Mm-hmm. So the next time she's in a situation where she feels like this guy might rape me and I'm can't do anything about it, like she actually can stand on her own two feet. Cassian's like, yeah, I don't care. Um, so Nesta puts up a sign-up sheet in the library, um, and it takes weeks for anyone to finally s- sign up. And you can mm-hmm. tell that kind of bothered Nesta. Nesta was like, 
for Nesta to put that sign up sheet out there mm-hmm. was a huge step for her. Yes. Um, but eventually Gwen does show up and after Jim. after um remember that's the cute scene where that's when Nesta starts doing moves in the library. And then what how do you say her name? Cleo? Cleo, like the oh, yeah. priestess who's in charge there. She calls Cassian and tells Cassian He's like, Come get that, your girl. <laughs> that Nesta keeps on doing her fighting moves in here and that she needs to stop because she already told her. And so she's basically like, Cassian, come get your girl. Pretty much. And so then Cassian comes out and he's like, What are you doing? Why are you doing this? And she's like, My my it's all wrong. I can't do it or whatever. And so he starts showing her, and like there's a point where he's like, Well, can I touch your arm? And she goes, yes. And so she shows him. And then all the, like, priestesses are looking around and watching this whole thing. And he was like, you knew that they would be watching, didn't you? And then that's when Gwen finally showed up. Because he saw how, like, Cassian was a gentleman. Like, he wasn't just kind of like, you're doing this, you know? (laughs) So Emery Nesta met while they were visiting the Winhaven camp. Um... Emery is an Illyrian born. She's an Illyrian female. And I think we briefly mentioned on the poor treatment of Illyrian females in the past when we were talking about like Cassian's mom. Um, But Illyrian females get their wings clipped um, because they don't even let them fly. Like they don't want them to do anything like they're. They now now at the time of this book, they're treated better. But back when like Emery was younger and back in the day, they were not treated as equals whatsoever um so emory her joining nesta and training is like a huge deal it's her taking back her own female power because the Illyrian females have just been literally clipped to be quiet Mm -hmm, pretty much and like they have no say in it so this is the first time and it takes it takes nesta a couple tries to get emory to be convinced but once they do, they're packed. <laughs> they're like, it's finally like a girl group that like, once you find a friend or a mm-hmm. couple friends, you're like, wow, this is it. Like, and I then, love the three of them. Their friendship is, means everything to me. Yes. Okay. So what are the relationships between the main characters in A Court of Silver Flames? Um, which character should we go first? Nesta and Cassian are our two main characters. And what would you say their relationship's like? Hot, spicy, <laughs> anger. Yeah. Like, you know, like Taylor Swift's Red album, like red can mean a lot of things. Like yes. red can mean anger. Red can mean lust. Red can mean like death. Like the red can mean so much. That's what Cassian and Nesta are. Yeah, well, Cassian and Nesta have been... There has been sexual tension between the two of them since our third book, Wings and Ruin. Um, they have kind of been want- both been into each other, but didn't want to admit it. Yes. Okay. And I'm going to kind of skip ahead. Not really. Okay. So my favorite thing, changing the question a little bit about Nesta and Cassian is I love how Sarah J. Mass, I get it. They have mates and everything like this in this world. But I kind of like that she didn't come out and say, like, Nesta and Cassian were mates. Yeah. Like, she didn't 
like say it symbolically like by saying like she said it symbolically not like they're mates yeah you know because just because your mates doesn't mean anything like look at elena and lucian (laughs) i saw the funniest tiktok the other day so you know that clip where it's like nicholas cage and pedro pascal and he's like looking over Mm -hmm. at him driving the car yeah well (laughs) it started off it was like um recent and cassian keeping quiet about knowing who their mates are so their mates can like shift through this new life on their own before we have this, this big weight on their shoulders and then it pans to like lucian who tells elaine the second she comes out of the tra- cauldron traumatized it was just like the difference there like recent and cassian respected the oh, women enough to like wait till it was the right time to drop that big bomb lucian was just like hey girl we're mates hey girl like like what okay like elaine doesn't even know what that means no Elaine's like, she's like, what just... the fuck? she wasn't like in a comatose state at that point still no okay and i hope i know as we've said before sarah Mass is technically writing book six and it better be elaine and as because Ooh, they i was gonna ask you their redemption I was going to, like, because we're talking about, like, main characters and their relationships here. That was the question. Um, there is, like, an internet divide between who Azriel ends up with. Whether it's going to be Gwen or mm. it's going to be Elaine. And I was totally team Elaine, but I think I'm team Gwen now. Really? Just because the ending, uh, you have, Stephanie only has, like, a couple more pages left okay, in the book. Yeah. So we're still recording anyway because she knows everything. I know everything. But just how the way it ends, I'm just like... Like when I say it, like Asriel have... definitely thinks it's hot that Gwen survives that. Like... I have eight percent of that part. <laughs> I have eight percent left of the book, so I'm almost done. Okay, so what challenges does Nesta face in a court of silver flames? Herself. Yeah, and... I think it's overcoming like her own mental barriers. And the stairs. This, oh, the stairs. <laughs> but the stairs are a symbolism. Like, the it stairs are totally a symbolism for, like, her oh, whole mental percent. struggles. Yeah. Um, and we also learn about how much she's been struggling with, like, her mom internally. So, Feyre yes. and Elaine never got to really know their mom like Nesta did. And we kind of learned that their mom was not that great of a person. Like, the pressure no. she put on Nesta from day one was intense um and so it uh, hearing the whole backstory between nesta and their mom and the pressure that their mom put on nesta um to be this beautiful perfect ballet princess basically Mm -hmm. it makes sense that like once she died she shut down and she was like i'm not providing for the family like yeah no like I, it made like once you found out about like her her mommy issues, it really made you not resent her for not helping out the family more. Mm-hmm. Did it to you? Because to me, once I read that, I was like, I get it. She was just like, my mom's gone. Do you my know what it reminded me of? Like, it reminded me of like toddlers and tiaras. Like you know, like you don't. Oh yeah. Like it's just you. Her, her mom you was just. This- like, saw her as a pretty face and nothing else and was like you're gonna marry the richest man mm-hmm. you're just gonna dance and be beautiful and like your thoughts don't matter like which isn't fair and it was because we hadn't really known much about their mom before this book so reading all yeah. of that was just like oh 
she wasn't that great of a person at all. Like, no wonder Nesta's fucked up. Well, you we knew exactly almost nothing. All we knew was that she died, died. pretty much. I mean, that's all I know. Yeah. And, and then, then we learned. And then dad was heartbroken. Yeah. You know, and then lost his fortune as well. So like there was there was little to none known about her until I feel like Nesta kind of and, Yeah. And means. the thing is it's like Nesta's mom, um, Nesta even describes at one point kind of like her mom kind of like baby Delane, like sometimes is like, oh, here's my second daughter. But her mom didn't give two shits about Feyre. And so Feyre yeah. had no idea like the uh, I want to say it, abuse that her mom put Nesta under. Yeah, because no. it really was. I mean, Nesta was not happy with it, like n- mentally and physically. Like it was a no. Well, it's just like the standard that you have to uphold. You know, like she was a pretty face. So and Favor had no idea. So like we hated a we hated Nesta at the beginning of the series because Favor did, but Favor didn't know. She didn't know. But also, like, Fair didn't hate her. She just kind of was like, she resented her. Resented her is a better word. And then I think if these girls would just speak, you know. Oh, I know. Like, if these sisters would have one conversation, like, we would solve a whole, a whole series. Um, Because think about it. In the whole Silver Flame, she's like, I don't want to talk to Fair. I don't want to talk to Fair. And then as soon as when the scene happens that she ends up blowing out Feyre's secret about how an Illyrian baby is very dangerous, yada, yada, yada. And then Cassian's like, I'm taking her on a hike for until she either dies or she just finally cries and just like shuts up, you know, like shuts this down pretty much. And then at that point, then like that is such like a heartwarming sense of it because they finally get to the beach area or like the last part of it and then and like Cassian tells her that more used to say this was like the truth teller that like when you get to a certain point of it you spill like you just spill everything and that's what kind of happened to Nesta I think it's because it's kind of like not because it's the area it's because your level of exhaustion you you've just proven your whole body so you're just like I ha- I don't have anything yeah. left to hold back. And that's exactly what Nessa does. She's like, I feel guilty about like my father. I can't watch a fire because every time I like hear crackling, I just hear my father's bones, like everything. She's like, I feel terrible about Pharaoh because I sent her out there in the woods. I was the, I was the adult, you know, like besides mm-hmm. my father, because she knew her father was a deadbeat at that point. So she's like, I sent my little sister out to kill this wolf and then she got taken away and you know and then we got thrown into a cauldron you know like everything just kind of spilled out of her while she was spilling that at the same time we had already kind of learned about her mom and at this point i just wanted to hug nesta and be like it was not your fault like before before her mom died pharaoh was living a comfortable life and nesta was the one having to be her mom's little puppet and Mm -hmm. take the brunt force of that um so of course once her mom died she was just like i'm done she was checked out and looking back she probably feels bad but like it's not her fault at all no not at all but learning all about that about nesta really changed my opinion because when we first read this book book one we hated nesta yeah you were just kind of like really 
We're like, who is well, this dumb bitch? Even in Mist, okay, I will say, even in Mist and Fury, when the like, you know, when the whole thing shenanigans start to happen and they come back into the story, mm-hmm. you're kind of just like, really, Nesta? Like, you're really like, gonna be that rude to your sister, like, just yeah. because she's she's Faye, because she hasn't even turned yet. So yeah, but I mean, it all it it, it makes, makes sense. It, it comes full circle. It does. But more Cassian and Nesta Well, so the next question, how did you feel about the way Nesta and Cassian's relationship developed over the course of the book? Like, she, Sarah J. Mass, I don't know what her, like, I feel like every writer needs inspiration. And I want to know what her inspiration was because girlfriend needs to go watch, read, look, I don't even know. Because... The slow, like, it's not, like, it's not, like, a slow, slow burn. I love it because, like, there is a little bit of a burn at the beginning, but she doesn't make us wait too long. Like, you know, sometimes some authors make you wait too long, and it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I don't get to enjoy it until the very end. So, like, well, I think you only have, like, a quarter of the book, and then they have sex. And it's like, okay, that was perfect. Well, and I think that she did that on purpose. It was because it was, like, they know that they want it. Well, we waited all of Frost and Starlight. Like, all of Frost and Starlight was just, like, tension yes well and then he throws her present in the lake oh my gosh and so it's like finally when they i think but like we were waiting for that breaking point of everybody to stop baby like and i hate to say baby but like finally be like nesta it's time you know like it's not you can't just like you can't keep going like this. No. Well, the thing is, is like intervention. Reason was paying for her to go get drunk every single night, and he's like, "You're not even our friend." He's like, "I'm doing all this kindness out of my heart because you're my sister-in-law." He's like, "Yeah." Well, and the no draw. More. Don't forget the 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 last straw was because she spent so much money on betting, or what was it? Yeah, she's like betting or she, gambling, poker. Gam- or yeah. So she spent like so, like so much money on whatever it was and then they had to have an intervention about it because and then here was freaking Feyre who was like I feel guilty because she's my sister even though that like our bank account is endless yeah like but oh Cassian Cassian and Nesta's relationship is by far my favorite like blows recent and Feyre out of the water yes but I know this isn't a question that I see on our list but let's talk about Nesta and the house and the symbolism. Oh, I love this. Okay, so the house is enchanted, right? Mm-hmm. So the house is magical, can basically do anything at once, but it doesn't necessarily respond to everyone. And it doesn't respond to everyone. But no. Nesta sometimes sits there and she thinks, give me this, give me this, give me this. And the house responds to her. She develops a friendship with the house. Mm-hmm. And I love it because that's really her first friend. Even before Gwen, yeah. before Emery, the house is her first friend. And I love it because I don't count Cassian as a friend. Yes. Um, because Nesta is a reader. So she loves to read, but Nesta loves romance and she likes smut. And they Nesta say it in is the a book. smut reader. Yes. She's Nesta a would, smut reader. Nesta would and, be listening to this podcast right now being like, girls, yes. And there was a library in this. And the well, she's working in the library. Yeah, well, she was working in the library, but they have like a like a little library in the house part. I was talking. Oh about. yeah. And so the house would like leave her books to read, 
and um and then she would share with the the house and it was just i don't know it was it was her first friendship even before like gwen and emery where she was just able to i don't know just just be like you know i mean like finally like detox from the life she was living because she was just numbing herself before she was just numbing herself and i'm I'm not like like i'm not saying that that's the wrong thing i mean i mean there's nothing wrong with drinking wine and getting drunk like she does or sleeping with people random people like i'm not slut shaming i'm drinking wine right now but it's like that was all she was doing and she was like killing all of our relationships so like there had to be an intervention somewhere yes and then the house the house bonded with her for some reason i don't know if the house also kind of felt like a misfit Mm -hmm. um but whenever she needed something the house was there to provide which I loved. Yes. No, I loved that symbolism. And like, it was just so interesting to see when the house would come and she would talk to it. And even when in the beginning, because don't forget, like Nesta was stubborn in the beginning. Like she was not going to oh eat. God. She was not going to do Nesta anything is that me. she didn't Nesta want to. Is me. Like Nesta was stubborn. And so the house would pretty much tell her after training and would leave her food. Oh like, yeah, would bring her food because she wouldn't house. sit down at dinner with Cassian. So yeah, she, the house would because she's so stubborn, and so the house would bring it, and she would tell the house no, like I'm not hungry right now. And later on, she would be like, okay, I would like that food now, and the house would just be like, uh, uh-uh, you lost your chance. Yeah, like it was kind of like a inner monologue. I feel like it might be Nesta pulling a Nesta trick. Almost. You know what that you know reminded what I mean? me of? the house kind of it hmm. gave me beauty and the beast vibes oh yeah for sure um because ne- the house isn't like one object necessarily like a beauty and the beast um mm-hmm. but it had that like be our guest like vibe to, yes to me. yes for sure okay so what was your favorite scene in a court of silver flames i know this as soon as i read this question it immediately hit me as much as like i love the smut scenes and i think i was originally going to say one of those um no so it's a scene where nesta when and emery have the sleepover and they make friendship bracelets mm-hmm. i bawled my eyes out i yeah. was like this is so fucking cute like i would i want two girlfriends like to come over right now and make friendship bracelets with me because i love this and it like mm-hmm. Being a Taylor Swift girly, like we love our friendship bracelets. Like it just it hit it hit really close to home. I loved it so much. It was just so it showed a different side of Nesta that we had never seen before. Yeah, no, for sure. You don't you don't see that side of Nesta. We always saw her as this, like tough bad bitch that didn't have any feelings. And then Exactly. They're making these friendship bracelets and they're so cute. Mm-hmm. So I kind of take a different direction with that. I, it's not, obviously, we love the slutty scenes, obviously, but mine follows, and I mentioned this kind of earlier, is when, so Nesta, she finds out that they have been withholding information that when she welded these, like the dagger and the sword, she actually put her magic into it. Well, they withheld this magic, like this um, knowledge from her of the magic. And Cassian, of course, spills the beans because it's just Cassian. Yeah. 
And Nesta obviously puts two and two together and finds out and then finds out that Amarin is one of the person who voted against not telling her. And Amarin, as we know, is somebody who Amarin was her first close. friend. Yeah, who her was really close. Friend. So um Nesta gets so pissed off that she doesn't even come to dinner. And then she decides that well, she just like goes take a nap. She doesn't even go to dinner. Well, she says that House tells her that Cassian left. And she ends up deciding that she's going to walk the stairs. And guess what? She walks the stairs. And, and she she's been walks trying now the for months. She's been yeah. trying for months to walk these stairs. But she's so livid that she is, like, at Amran and just her emotions are high, that she ends up making it into Valeris. And she walks right into Amran doing it with her boy toy oh yeah (laughs) and what is that the summer court yeah yeah summer court and she ends up talking to her and amarin's pretty much sticking it right to her and then amarin the word goes out that they know that nesta's in town now in valeris so feyra shows up and so now feyra's in the shots fired and then Amarin's pretty much like like in her eyes just saying do not tell her do not tell her obviously the secret and then she like Nessa's so hurt in herself that she just needs to hurt somebody else because mm-hmm. that's all she can do like she she well, cannot what's feel a, her own what's pain. a quote it says hurt people hurt people exactly and so I don't know I just everybody's been hurt and everybody has hurt hurt people I don't care who you are who, or oh, we've all how done nice it. you are. We do it to you, each other all the time. Or, like, I don't care who you are. Exactly. How many, and, like, times have we hurt each other? Like, we're, we, we, exactly. Because when you're super close, you're more likely to bicker. Like, yeah. That's just how it is. You're going to hurt, hurt people, hurt people. Yep. And I love so, that quote. Yes. And so, and that's exactly what Nesta does to her sister by breaking news that probably Feyre already knew to some point but it hadn't been so we haven't made like this clear pharah is pregnant and yeah, um, yeah their baby is illyrian and has wings and while her human body her vagina shape does not Support account wings. for those wings and so the, it's either the baby's gonna die or she's gonna die like the chances are high yes and so nesta this is the point i know mine's very long compared to your story oh, so that's fine. Um, at this point, this is when Nesta kind of not nicely tells her, like, you're going to die and everybody has kept it from you, even your husband. so-called mate, like your husband. And so Feyre's kind of just jaw dropped because her sister just dropped this bomb on her. And then she's like, well, Nesta's upset and she doesn't want Nesta to be upset. And she's like, we're trying to help you. Like, I don't know, Nesta's always, well, I mean, Feyre is always just trying to be somebody who just fixes everything. And that's me honestly i just try to fix everything well anyway so at that point like nesta realizes what she does in that moment she's like what have i done and she gets so because amron pretty much yelled at her in that moment was like what have you done yeah and so amron's kind of like her voice of reason yes well and nesta it kind of like do you know when you say something and then you don't actually mean it and oh, then the you reflect. I, you know how many times I say shit oh, I don't I know. mean? Like, you know, I know me. I have the I have the biggest mouth. I know. And so she 
she takes that millisecond and she's like what the f did i just say to my sister i just told her she was gonna die this is literally me oh my gosh we both have big mouths and we talk without thinking 1000 percent. and so (laughs) net like nesta at this time is like i need to get out of here what have i just done you know and she she's mad at Feyre but she still loves Feyre she runs and at that point Feyre has already spoken to um Reeson through her mind little thing (laughs) and Reeson does not like Nesta no which Reeson's already contacted through the mind Cassian and he's like fucking get her out of here he's like do it before like, i kill through, her through the teeth like he like i could feel it through those words like get yeah he's like cassian here. if you don't get her out of here i'm gonna kill her yeah like, it, it, quote unquote and so anyway so cassian he knows that she's just wandering around and he finds her and he swoops her <laughs> out of the sky and he's like i'm taking you like or whatever and they pretty much just i don't even think they pack up you know i think he just takes her and they end up going on this hike and this hike isn't easy it is treacherous it is awful and like girl homegirl nest is not in shape to do this hike and no not no and so before they go on the hike as had already packed up the bag and cassian tells her well i can't carry that bag because they're not shaped for my wings yeah <laughs> we know damn well that casting could just carry that with his left pinky he could yeah he could hold it with his pinky like bro so he makes nesta carry this big old pack that has everything that they're sleeping with and living with for this hike being beyond this terrain that is treacherous and so and you know she... what's funny though it's like and when i was reading this i was like you know, it was hard for Cassie to do that because, like, he's like such oh. that like guy that like wants well, to hold the bag for the girl, wants to hold the door open. Well, for the girl, and we'll get there. This is why it's my favorite. This is like I know this is like a lot for a favorite scene, but <laughs> it just draws out like so this much. This is other than mine. I was like, I like friendship bracelets. <laughs> no, I love that one too. But I just love it how Cassian is the one, and he just he doesn't say anything. Like this isn't a okay two hours later and nesta's fine this is days this takes a while this isn't like four days like he is trying to break her because again nesta doesn't feel anything like she feels anger but she doesn't feel anything else like she hasn't cried she hasn't felt sorrow she hasn't felt anything she she won't allow herself to feel anything no she shells everything up with anger exactly and so and that's so human of her that is yeah, so I mean, human like of that's her. me that's literally me exactly <laughs> and so she so it gets to a point to where she almost like she passes out because she hasn't drank water and cassian's like bro you need to you why aren't you hydrating like we're walking so much like what are you doing and then shortly after, that's when she finally breaks down. Yeah. And she's like, it's my fault. It's my fault that my dad's dad, like my dad's dead. And he's like, no, it's not. I was there. But he ha- he understands that the sense that like, no matter what you say, won't change it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she has to go through her emotions, even though that he was here 
he was there when it happened and he saw what happened to her dad and what Highburn did, that won't change anything in her mind. And that when he starts reflecting, oh my gosh, about all the like wood fires. Oh I'm my like, God. Oh, I need me a Cassian. Oh, it's not your fault, Cassian. It's not your fault. I'm literally after this. More than recording, I'm going on Etsy and looking up Cassie and March. Right. So then um they get to a point where like they're just spilling beans and Cassian starts telling her about his past. And he's like, Do you think there's not a day that I go back like past that I don't think about somebody killed or somebody that I disappointed or oh yeah well because whatever in the last podcast I think we mentioned this um how shitty Cassian's mom was treated and as revenge he killed all those people well and it's just real like there's so much obviously this is fantasy you know what I mean so there are a lot of stuff like men don't have wings unfortunately (sighs) unfortunately you're telling me that every guy doesn't have an eight pack and wings I know I know but like but this is the part where Sarah J. Mass really took a note from like her own maybe grief or maybe she has a sister or maybe she had a brother or maybe she had a friend. You know, she took yeah. logic from her own person and she put it into this story. And I don't know. I really like how she was able to kind of intertwine that into it. Yeah. I, well, I think we've all felt like Nesta at one point in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully and you want that person to pick wasn't you up. Too, yeah. And it was hopefully for most people wasn't that long of a period that you felt that way. But like, I feel like such a relatable moment and such a relatable character. For sure. Well, and she had somebody there to pick up the pieces. And oh yeah. And then lastly, my He just happened to be a hunky Batman. Right. And my favorite part was when she was breaking down, there's a part where Cassian like talks to himself and he's like, it took at first he ends up doing it but he's like at first it took everything in me not to go over there and just give her a hug oh but he just walked over there and just kind of like sat like had her sit in his lap if there are no nesta cassian shippers then i'm dead fuck mary hell nesta gwen emery how dare you Okay, I got mine. Fuck Nesta, because she's banged Cassian. So Nesta's kinky. I like it. I like it. Foreplay. I bet uh, you Nesta's the type of girl that has her nipples pierced. Yeah. Mary, Gwen, and kill. I'm sorry, Emery. I'm going the exact same. Yeah. Here's another fuck Mary Kill, but solely based on Silver Flame. Like, you cannot count any of the previous versions of these characters. Okay. Reeson. Uh-huh. Cassian. Uh-huh. Azrael. Okay. Kill. On this book alone. Kill Reeson. Oh, yep. Yep. Well, I'm going to fuck, fuck Azrael and I'm going to marry Cassian. Yeah. But see, like, they're very opposites. Because, like, if I marry... Cassian, then I get to fuck him whenever I want. Exactly. So that's what I was thinking. I was like, okay, so if I'm just gonna do a one-time fuck, it's gonna be as, and then if I marry Cassian, I can fuck him whenever I want. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so yeah, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. And that was Silver Flame. 
Cassie and I love you. Nesta, I love you. Can we get more smut? More smut. More Sarah J. Mass. Um, this was the last episode of our Akatar for now. Hopefully, we will have a book seven eventually. Um, six. Six. Sorry, my bad. Hopefully, we will have a book six here eventually. But that was it for the Akatar series for now. Um, we it's- loved you. You were a roller coaster. You were the best love of my life. Um, I'm getting an Akatar tattoo here. I think and I can't in, believe in I, February. I hated it when I first read it because I technically read it before. Yeah. Okay. Steph- I, I read like a couple chapters. <laughs> it's and it's I gave up. Too. Um, but if you're a Sarah J. Mass fan, I am halfway through the first Crescent City book, and Steph will hopefully be starting that. She only has like a chapter left of Silver Flame. Um no she already points. knows the ending of that. And then she's starting Crescent City. So mm-hmm. we will be doing Crescent City here soon. Um, well, thank you for listening to Reading Between the Wines. Um, so sad the Akatara series has to end. But that just means many more exciting series to come after this. Bye. Bye.